It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 12th, 2020. My name is Phil Prosper Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OND. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will talk about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Brooklyn Nets why the loss was a bit of a failure of on-court leadership and what that means for the playoffs ahead. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Revy Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Brooklyn Nets perspective on Tuesday's game? Check out Locked On Nets. Want to hear what the Milwaukee Bucks are saying about the headbutt heard round the bubble? Check out Locked On Bucks. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, college, or NHL 2, you can check out your team's podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. To search for every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic entered their game against the Brooklyn Nets with nothing left to play for. Same as the Nets. They're locked into their spots. The Nets in the 7th seed, the Magic in the 8th seed. And these games are essentially pro forma. The Nets sat for their top six guys. The Magic, dealing with their own spat of injuries, also seemed to be willing to sit their guys too. And, and as we all kind of suspected, the fourth quarter turned into a matchup between the Lakeland Magic and the Long Island Nets more than the NBA teams. No offense to the G League. We, we love the G League down there. What the Orlando Magic want out of these games, or what the Magic stated they want out of these games, is to continue making progress and to continue building good habits to get into playoff mode, to get ready for the postseason. That's ultimately what matters. Everything the Magic are doing has the Milwaukee Bucks hovering in the background. In fact, Steve Clifford said before the game that they didn't even really go over anything the Nets did. <laughs> they, were still, they were beginning to implement and install and talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, and indeed that's what the Magic plan to do with their practice on Wednesday. To say the least then, what happened Tuesday was not accomplishing this goal. What happened Tuesday was not this team getting ready for the postseason. What happened Tuesday was this team barely even going through the motions, to be frank. It doesn't matter whether the Magic beat the Nets or not. You know, I, I expected the Magic to come out and play well and, and play some inspired basketball to gain some confidence. And if they did that, if they put any kind of effort into it, not that Brooklyn's a pushover, Brooklyn would present still present a challenge, but if the Magic put any kind of focus and intensity to the game, I felt very comfortable saying the Magic were going to win the game and win the game fairly comfortably, at least the starters would. But that's not what happened. 
said the Magic were lackadaisical coming out. Um, they didn't play with a ton of intensity. The Nets jumped them with a 21-5 run to end the first quarter. And they kept the lead out around 16, 17 points for the rest of the game. It did not feel at any moment that the Magic were seriously into this game, that they actually wanted to be there. And the result reflects that. A 108-96 victory for the Brooklyn Nets. This was... The Magic have had some bad efforts in the bubble, I have to say. You know, the Indiana game certainly was was frustrating. The Toronto game, certainly frustrating. But those teams have ways to frustrate the Magic. Magic did, did, did it to themselves a little bit and certainly didn't play with the intensity they needed to, to give themselves a chance in those games. But those teams were, were games that were going to take advantage of, of the Magic's mistakes. This was a game where the Magic made mistakes. The Nets slow-burned it a little bit. But essentially, Orlando didn't show up. As Steve Clifford would say after the game, about the only thing we got out of this game was conditioning. Indeed, if the Magic want to get themselves ready for the postseason, if they want to be playing at the level that they know they have to play, efforts like Tuesdays will not abide. Plain and simple, that effort is unacceptable. Now, where the Magic may be hiding some things or, or not fully engaged because you know they're, they're more worried about the Bucks and they don't want to show any wrinkles that they might show, that might... You know, I'm not going to put it past them. That might be rationalization for things, but that doesn't excuse just a general lack of effort and intensity. Again, I'm not one to question effort, but certainly you watch the game and there there wasn't an intensity about them. The Magic didn't seem particularly bothered to play. I wouldn't say they weren't ready to play. They just didn't care or didn't feel like they cared at all. Brooklyn led the game throughout the entire entire thing, leading by as much as 21. Once they took control at the end of the first quarter, it was really game over. And a lot of it was the Nets hitting hitting some threes. The Magic missed some shots early. And as we saw in that, in that game against Indiana, in that game against Toronto, when the Magic missed shots early, they tend to they tend to wilt a little bit. Um, right now, their offense is driving their entire effort, and that is not acceptable. That's not going to get the job done against a very good defensive team in the Milwaukee Bucks. Because again, everything right now has that in the background. Orlando just played a very poor game. They shoot just 38.6% from the floor, 7 for 23 from beyond the arc. Um, Nothing seemed to go right. And again, they're shorthanded. No Aaron Gordon, no Evan Fournier, no Michael Carter-Williams, no Terrence Ross. But that's that excuse feels very hollow. They still have more than enough to win these kinds of games. They still have more than enough if they play aggressively and they play together defensively, just like they did against the Boston Celtics, by the way, to beat this team and to beat this Nets team. The Nets were missing their guys too. No Karis LeVert, no Jared Allen, no Garrett Temple, no Joe Harris. And they played with effort, energy, and intensity. They weren't perfect. They struggled early on. The Magic were able to get their stuff early but they kept the same drumbeat of effort and intensity. And frankly, that's why the Nets are the seventh seed and the Magic are the eighth seed. We didn't, we, in this campus setting at least, we could never count on what kind of energy the Magic would have. They looked great in those first two games and then the energy got sucked out of the room. Whether it was because of the Jonathan Isaac injury, whether it was because the Indiana Pacers just really just beat them up, beat them up that bad. The Magic just 
we just haven't been able to count on the things that this group especially has to absolutely count on. And it's just frankly unacceptable. Like Steve Clifford said, there was nothing to gain out of this game. There's nothing to take out of this game. There's nothing of importance to say in this game. I could tell you that, yes, the Magic broke even with the Nets in the second half. They played a lot better. But did they play so much better that I'm suddenly confident about this team heading into the playoffs? No. Because in the playoffs, you better be ready to bring it for 48 minutes. Because if you don't bring it for 48 minutes against the Bucs, you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat down. You're going to get embarrassed. You know, this game didn't matter. Again, who cares if the Magic win or, win or lose this game? Who cares? They got it down to 12 at one point in the fourth quarter. They actually outscore the Nets 53 to, uh, to 48 in the, se- in the second half. So, I mean, again, Orlando broke even in the second half. They were able to kind of fight their way back into it. They were able to make, make not make things interesting, but, you know, they found their little groove. But, man, it, this is just unacceptable. Um, you know, this, this point of the season, this close to the playoffs— with all the work you still have left to do to just prove yourself. Coming, you know, coming out and not not knowing what kind of effort you're gonna get. Something that should be a given with a group that hasn't doesn't have a superstar, doesn't have a bailout guy. That's just unacceptable. And again, who cares if the Magic won or lost the game? You know, they could have been up by 20 and then lost by 10 in the fourth quarter with the bench players, and that part doesn't matter. Those guys played hard. I mean, give I give Melvin Frazier credit. I give Vic Law credit. I give B.J. Johnson credit. I give Markel Fultz credit. You know, I give those guys that played toward the end of the game a lot of credit. They they played hard. They, you know, they weren't efficient. You know, they weren't always on point. Um, but they 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 knew the opportunity that was in front of them. Guys at the Magic need to play well, as Steve Clifford said after the game, did not play well. Did not play with the focus and intensity. And they've got a lot of soul searching to do. And as I'm going to explain later on in the podcast, Nikola Vucevic especially has some soul-searching to do. Make sure, though, you start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. You know, the Magic have struggled to get good starts. You can get a good start. Listen to Axios Today with host Nyla Boudou and a team of award-winning journalists to bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Remember, check that out today. Axios Today. The NBA playoffs are coming. Yes, this weekend we'll have the play-in series with the uh, with the Western Conference eighth seed on the line. It's looking like Portland might have the inside track on that. They got to play these Brooklyn Nets uh, coming up on Thursday. Um, the Orlando Magic will start their playoff series on Monday or Tuesday against Milwaukee Bucks. And Monday is things are going to feel a whole lot more normal as the NBA playoffs begin. The thing that we have been waiting all year for, and the best way to get ready for the NBA playoffs to feel that NBA playoff pressure to get some skin in the game. That's where my bookie comes in. They have up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams in throughout all sports, whether it's Major League Baseball, whether it's hockey, whether it's NBA, whether it's NFL, and even whatever's left of college football. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. You can bet on futures for the World Series, for the Super Bowl, for the NBA Finals. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun or before the playoffs even begin. My bookie is already accepting bets on NBA, NHL, and NFL games in addition to MLB games, so there's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and my bookie will match your deposit 
100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Again, that's LOCKEDONNBA. There's two ends in that. Remember at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we dive a bit deeper into... Nikola Vucevic, which I'm sure a lot of people want to dive into. Let's go into the box score for just a moment. We're going to break down Nikola Vucevic in a little bit more detail and uh, honestly what I think was a failure on his part in this game uh, in just a moment, but he scores 12 points, 10 rebounds, 5 for 15 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc. Um, he's plus 4 in this game, so I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I probably shouldn't be as hard on him as I, as I am. Um, you know, I think certainly second half was a lot better than the first half, but man, I I was not a fan of Nikola Vucevic's game here, especially early on. Uh, you know, Magic liked to go to Vucevic early, liked to establish him, and especially you know going up against Rodion Skarukes, uh as as the center, as the essentially the starting center for the Nets. That's a time that you just dump the ball into the post. You let Vucevic go to work with his size uh, and his smarts there. Forcing double teams and getting and getting pass outs, and instead, you know, the Magic ran a lot of pick and rolls, which is what they normally do. And Vucevic just he didn't roll all the way to the basket. Um, you know, he was he was content to take mid range jumpers. He was content to just settle for his jumper. Uh, and that's frankly that's not what this game called for. And like I said, I want to dive a little bit deeper into this and some of the decisions that I didn't think Nikola Vucevic made well in this game and and why that that's that's a big deal and 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 it's a huge deal for. For this Magic team, I'm sure it's not going to be news to a lot of people, but I, I did not think Nikola Vucevic had a great game here. You know, shooting 5 for 15 against this team with that opponent, with the advantages that he had, not even getting to the foul line. Again, so much of this was not acceptable. It was just, it, it's just a, you know, whether it's play calling, which I don't think it was, um, you know, Vucevic had to step up and, and kind of carry this team or at least be the, the catalyst for this team. And I think, again, early on, he wasn't aggressive enough. He was missing shots, and I think that permeated throughout the whole team. Um, Gary Clark with another solid game, or, or sorry, James Ennis with another solid game. Twelve points, five rebounds, three for four shooting, two for two from beyond the arc. Um, again, solid game for him. Wessa Wundu with eighteen points, five for eleven shooting, two for three from beyond the arc, five rebounds, three assists for him. Markel Fultz off the bench with eighteen points, seven for eighteen shooting, one for four from beyond the arc, five rebounds, two assists, three turnovers. Mixed game from Fultz, definitely trying to score, definitely looking for his own shot a little bit too much. Um, forced his shot in some some areas, but when he was on, he was on. Uh, and, you know, he had a nice little spurt at the end of the third quarter that got the Magic a, a little bit closer, you know, started to make it look like the Magic might be able to come back and complete the win. Um, and then he got hit, you know, he got a hip check on a screen and, uh, you know, got looked like he got a stinger. So he was he was out of the game pretty quickly in the, in the fourth quarter. So that kind of momentum stopped, but... You know, Fultz, Fultz is definitely still getting back into rhythm. He played 22 and a half minutes in this game, so his minutes are starting to bump up a little bit. DJ Augustine only played 21-53. Fultz actually played more than Augustine in this game. So, 
you know, I think we're getting closer to the part where Fultz is going to start. You know, again, it's all about what the medical team says, the Magic. Say they have a plan to get Marco Fultz back in the starting lineup. They're going to follow that plan. Um, I, I think I think Fultz starts in the starts game one, but um, you know he's still working himself back into shape, and it's very very clear that that you know his timing isn't quite down. He also he was just put in bad lineups too. I mean, frankly, the, the Magic are just so depleted. Um, they they don't have a lot out there to to help. Um, you know you know you got B.J. Johnson shooting two for eight off the bench for eight points. You got Vic Law shooting two for six for four points. Um, you know Ken Burch is scoring twelve points, nine rebounds. I mean. There's just there's just not a lot out out there, and again, that's why I think Nikola Vucevic was is such a big deal, and, and and his his struggles early on, and his inability to kind of put the team on his back is is such a big deal. Um, again, Orlando shoots thirty eight point six percent from the floor, seven for twenty three from beyond the arc, twenty five to twenty nine from the foul line, so they get to the foul line. Twelve offensive rebounds, seventeen turnovers though, huge problem with the turnovers in this game. Uh, for Orlando, Brooklyn with just 13 turnovers. They shoot 42.7%. Again, Orlando does a decent job defensively. Timothy Luau Cabro has 24 points. A lot of that coming in the first quarter. Four for eight from beyond the arc. Um, you know, 24 points from Jeremiah Martin. Uh, you know, Zanin Musa scores 17 off the bench on five for 15 shooting. This is this was not an, a pretty game. Um, you know, Brooklyn blitzed them early. They were able to get get a run going to stake their lead and. They kind of played even the rest of the way. I mean, Orlando's defense wasn't terrible overall, but again, just the Magic just did not play with any intensity and focus, especially on the offensive end, um, and that cost them. I mean, it, it, again, neither team had much to play for. Neither team, you know, I think at a certain point, neither team really was was playing sharp basketball. Um, but again, Brooklyn did it long enough. Brooklyn did it uh, enough to to take the lead and, and never let go. Um, again. This game just, there's just not a lot in this game. Um, you know, this this game just has had so much irrelevancy. Um, you know, once Brooklyn took control, you know, the Magic just kind of hit cruise control. The Brooklyn Nets hit cruise control, and and that that was that. I, I hate to say it, and you know, there's there's just not a lot more to say about this game. So the Brooklyn Nets defeat the Orlando Magic 108 to 96. The Magic will close the seeding round on Thursday against the New Orleans Pelicans. That is a nine o'clock tip, so a late tip uh, to close the season. Um, then the Magic will head into the playoffs starting next week against the Milwaukee Bucks. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, this game Tuesday, you want to say it doesn't matter. You want to say that the Magic are just playing out the string these final two games. Maybe you're hoping that they're trying to hide things from the Milwaukee Bucks, that they're working on things uh, behind the scenes. That, you know, that Steve Clifford pretty much admitted that they didn't talk about the Nets at all. They only talked about, began talking about the Bucks and preparing for that. But as Steve Clifford also said, there is no days to waste. You cannot waste days. You have to be working to get better. And when a game is in front of you, regardless of its meaning, if you are playing a game, you have to play it hard. I mean, again... We're not tanking here. We're trying to win basketball games. We're trying to get ourselves ready for the playoffs. 
And yes, the Magic are undermanned, and yes, the Magic don't have their full complement of guys, and they're down a ton of their offensive options. But that does not matter. Effort still matters. Intensity still matters. Intention still matters. And if this team wants to be ready for the playoffs, if this team wants to have any chance of getting a game or two off the Bucks, they've got to play significantly better. That's just fact. That's, that's, that's not up for debate. That is the reality of the situation. And to me, this gets at the very heart of the biggest problem the Orlando Magic face. The Orlando Magic, as designed, is built right now. Have a team where all the parts really fit well together. Or well enough together. I won't say well together, but they fit well enough together. Everyone plays their role. They, kind of, they, they complement each other to a point. And they're good enough to make the playoffs. But of course, that's not the end game. The end game is to be a player, to have a shot at winning a championship, to get out of the first round, to climb up from the lower seats. And again, that's the frustration of this year. And the reason why we all believe that this team has reached a bit of its ceiling is it is hard to see how this team gets out of where they're at or how this team pushes forward, especially now that Jonathan Isaac's going to be out for the next year. Getting back to the playoffs this year was going to be some measure of redemption. You know, maybe the Magic don't get out of the first round, but we expected them to put up a better fight. We expected to see players like Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier, who struggled in last year's playoffs, get a little bit of, you know, redemption so to speak, by playing a whole lot better. And that may still happen. But this game against the Nets, a game that the Magic needed leadership and needed their star player to step up, I think shows very much the inherent flaw in this team. The playoffs, you know, we joke that there is playoff X and playoff Y, playoff Aaron Gordon. You know, I'm, I, I had the I had a joke going around in my head Sunday that you know I cannot wait to see playoff Markel Fultz. The playoffs are a time that is designed to separate a little bit of the wheat from the chafe. It's to see who will step up on the big stage and deliver for their team, because in the playoffs everyone is prepared, everyone knows exactly what's coming. And essentially, how to stop it. To be successful in the playoffs, one must not only execute their own stuff, but be able to execute it even when the defense knows what's coming. And so it requires players to step up. There's a reason why players have playoff modes. Why we expect star players to be better in the postseason because teams rely on them more. And this was the problem with the Magic in last year's postseason with Nikola Vucevic. Going from 20 points per game to 12 points per game, going from a 50% effective field goal percentage to in the 30s, Nikola Vucevic struggled more than any other player. And the Magic faltered. The Magic could not compete with the Raptors with Nikola Vucevic struggling the way he did. A lot of it is a credit to Marc Gasol and the defense that he played and how he, he was physical with Vucevic and that frankly makes Vucevic a little uncomfortable. It's, you know, physicality is not Nikola Vucevic's default. 
And it's something that he has to work on and something he has to be very focused on doing. And when he is, the Magic are very good. When he's not, the Magic can be really bad. But what mattered in that series and what matters now is that star players like Nikola Vucic, because he is the all-star of this team, whether he's the be- whether you believe he's the best player or not, the offense runs through him, and, and frankly, he's the leading scorer on the team. He's the most consistent offensive option on the team. He is the guy the Magic are going to turn to to lead. And in the playoffs, he is the guy the Magic are going to need to set up and figure out a way to get going at all costs. And that might mean even sometimes Nikola Vucevic demanding the ball, demanding his, his time, and demanding that he lead. Tuesday was a chance to do that against a team without a center. And a game that was frankly meaningless but is meant to help him prepare for the playoffs. Sure, Vucevic took a lot of shots. He took 15 shots, but he wasn't efficient with those shots. He wasn't aggressive with those shots. He was kind of passive. And the passivity that Nikola Vucevic had in Tuesday's game as the leader of the team is really the only kind of, you know, if the Magic have quote-unquote stars... Vucevic was the only star on the on the roster available on Tuesday. You know, again, Marco Fultz maybe. That passivity spread to the rest of the team. And when presented with a matchup advantage, Vucevic did not take advantage of it. If you want to get at the heart of what's wrong with the Orlando Magic and why the Magic are not not stuck, but why the Magic are where they are. If you want to get really down to the heart of it, it is this reality. The Magic don't have enough playmakers. Their best play, I mean, Terrence Ross can hit a contested shot. Markel Fultz can get into the lane. We'll see what Markel Fultz looks like in the playoffs. But the Magic don't have that guy who can beat playoff defense, who even when the other team knows what's coming, they can beat it. Aaron Gordon can do it on occasion. Evan Fournier maybe on occasion. But their best player, the guy that they actually have to rely on to do that, Nikola Vucevic, still struggles with that. Some of it is his game. His game, as as Steve Hoover likes to say, what's great about Nikola Vucevic is I don't have to call any plays for him. You run a pick and roll, he will roll to the roll to the open space, whether it's a pop or whether it's a roll or dive down to the basket. He will roll to the open space and he can score anywhere. But that relies on him making those shots. And frankly, that's not enough. The Magic do need a guy. If Nikola Vucevic is the best player on this team, they do need it. They do need him to turn and post smaller defenders to take advantage of that to push through and be physical, to draw fouls, to get the offense going when everyone else is struggling. That's the playoff responsibility. And again, this was a perfect game for him to dominate. This was a perfect game for him, you know, frankly, to be a little selfish and get his because that's what the team was going to need to win. And again, Vucevic didn't do that. In fact, I, I felt like Vucevic was a draining force on this team, kind of setting the tone that that the Magic weren't going to play this day, that the Magic weren't going to play with intensity. Now, I, I am, you know, maybe this is my excuse. Maybe this is me 
trying to trying to like discredit what we've seen in the bubble. I don't think what we're seeing in the bubble is, you know, complete reality for any team in the league, to be perfectly honest. Some teams are further ahead than others, and it's very clear the Magic are pretty far behind. Um, for whatever reason, the Magic weren't able to recapture them, their momentum. Injuries have slowed them down. I don't want to draw conclusions based on what we've seen in the bubble. Playoffs or otherwise. I don't think what we've seen these last seven games is ultimately meaningful. But I've also said the Magic should already know what they want to do with the future. The Magic should already know this team backwards and forwards. 60 plus games is more than enough to understand that. And honestly, nothing I've seen in the bubble has changed my mind on any of the decisions the Magic have to make. Small, big, or otherwise. We knew that this team had this problem. That this team doesn't have a true playmaker, a true offensive playmaker, and Jonathan Isaac's really the only true defensive playmaker. This team doesn't have a way to beat kind of set offenses, set defenses consistently. And that's ultimately what's holding them back. Whether that means that it's Evan Forney and Nikola Vucevic who have to be moved on to kind of free up space for some of some other players or to just flip the roster around just to create some new energy. I don't know. You know, I think there's certainly a fair argument to that. But for the here and now, for, for entering this postseason, everything is going to ride or die on Nikola Vucevic. He is going to make or break the Magic's postseason once again. If he plays timid, if the physicality gets to him, if he is unable to rise above and take his game to another level. The Magic are going to struggle again. They're going to struggle exactly like they did against Brooklyn. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. They will struggle again. If he is able to find another gear, if he's able to take it to Brook Lopez, if he's able to be a better playmaker, a difference maker, then the Magic might have a shot. But it's all on Nikola Vucevic's shoulders, and that's a burden that he has sometimes struggled to bear. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd, underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. On tomorrow's episode, we'll talk a little bit, I think, about uh, three-point shooting and how, how that's looked inside the bubble, as well as look ahead to the Magic's final seeding round game against the New Orleans Pelicans before we really start to dive in to the Milwaukee Bucks. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.